0: Hello, welcome to episode 192 of Riot Act, the alternative music podcast. Hello, how are you doing? Thanks very much for joining us. We appreciate that. It's me, Stephen Hill. It's him, Renfrey Dedman. Hello, hello, mate. We're the two main guys, aren't we? That's
1: basically what you say from time to time, and I just go along I do. with it.
0: Yep. I think we're the two main, two main guys. Is this in Not life just in this or, or just? oh yeah, no, right, no, right, right. It, is, it is
1: in life right okay okay I, I feel like i've had a promotion but um i'm i'm, I'm happy with that um it's all good.
0: good i thought you knew about this that you were one of the main guys
1: uh, well only only because you keep saying it i mean i appreciate it it's doing an awful lot for my self-confidence at the moment which is great Good, thank you
0: <laughs> oh i hope you had a nice week oh it's been busy oh Renfrey, I don't need to tell you it's been a busy old week isn't it
1: uh, but we are both absolutely shattered listeners um and I'm tired uh, I'm it's gonna be an interesting show <laughs> I think because yeah. we are both practically asleep but uh yeah here's what's
0: going on we've been um, listening to some new music from block party puppy Harriet and Ibaraki um I went to a couple of gigs. Renfrew went to a couple of gigs. Mm-hmm. Week two of our, what's it going to be, like three weeks of reviewing Still Tool?
1: Spectacular. Yeah. Probably
0: going to review Tool again and <laughs> again next week. So, Renfrew yeah. reviewed him last week. I'm going to review him this week. We're both going to review him next week.
1: Yeah, it'll probably be quite a short review next week. or, or I don't know. Do I we, reckon so. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Anyway, we might will. do a short
0: review this week. Maybe that would be best. Let yeah. all of you see him. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, I went to the wrestling did a bit of djing at last resort are you gonna Puked review the up.
1: wrestling and are you gonna review your dj set at last resort
0: no neither um, of those things no shame. just for brevity really okay uh i was gonna see renfrey last night you did a little q a with puppy should we save that for when we talk about the puppy album yeah. yeah 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 okay fine let's do that hey here's what we should do we should tell you to go over to arctangent.co.uk forward slash tickets and buy a ticket for arctangent the festival that we are sponsored by. Thanks, guys, for sponsoring our podcast. We appreciate that. Arctangent happening from the 17th to the 20th of August, 2022. And it is the most awe-inspiring lineup of forward-thinking, interesting, uh, I need to say industrial music. There is a bit of industrial music on there, to be honest, isn't it's there? It's also awesome. the kind of e- experimental music festival mm. of, of sorts, featuring the likes of Opeth. Cult of Luna, Tesseract, Amon Ra, Zenada, Mono, Alcest, Leprous, McCluskey, Perturbator, Caspian, Lightning Bolt, Bosk, Jamie Lendman, Agent Fresco, Palm Reader, Paul Bearer, Oh, Tone 9 a Williams, Imperial Trumphant, loads and loads and loads of people from that. Should we get a little bit further down? Because last week we sort of we did all the all the sort of headline acts. I just want to pick out a few bits from a little bit further down. The Hirsch Effect. We reviewed the album last year. We really like that, didn't oh, we? Fuck
1: the Hirsch effects are there. That's amazing. Yeah, cool. Yeah, amazing. Really,
0: really good. Pupil Slicer. We've been very nice about them throughout the tenure of us knowing about them. Zetra. Been looking forward to seeing that bit of gothy yeah. stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brew It, you like them, don't you? Love you're a bit into of that. It, love a bit you of Brew loves it. a bit of Brew It. Ithaca, we didn't talk about them before. They've released some excellent new singles from their forthcoming record, which I'm sure will get a review on this show.
1: Definitely review
0: that record. 100% that's mm. going to happen mm. as well. Yes. Memory of Elephants. Uh-huh. It's a band that you're a big fan of yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, The Hyena Kill. We haven't actually spoken that much about the Hyena Kill, but I saw them supporting Max and Igor Cavalera. It was good. Oh, nice. So it was good. Um, spe- yes, just very quickly,
1: speaking of Memory of Elephants, I think another band... Oh, man, I need to check that this has actually been announced, otherwise I'll be in trouble. But um, another band who are playing our skin failure, who are Will's new band from uh, Black Peaks, and uh, right. it, is, it is Will and members of uh, Memory of Elephants as well. So um, uh, that's very
0: cool. Nice. Well, it's cool. It doesn't appear to have been mentioned via the website I'm but.
1: going to double check that that's been announced then <laughs> before it gets.
0: <goes>. <laughs> Mother Vulture they good life basically there's a lot of good bands playing mm. the old Clash Finders your Clash Finders going to take a batter in that weekend
1: I feel like I need to make up for my um, lacklustre selling oh, so of the festival uh, uh, from last week so uh, I just want to say that uh, Art Tangent is the best thing that's ever happened in my life um, it is uh, better than food uh sex and uh music better than music there we so go.
0: a music festival <laughs> is better than music he's over egg yeah. the pudding everyone there is food he's there own, as well and you know food.
1: sometimes there's sex sometimes there's is pudding. there yeah it's it's, is it's, there? it's 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 only ever like you have to have sex in like seven eight time at ArcTangent. it's essential that you you can't you right. can't do four four You'd be shunned from the site forever
0: uh, who enforces that rule
1: me oh! <laughs> I'm the king of arctangent I do what I fucking like there is no sex at arctangent anymore uh, excuse me oh, I thought you were saying that because you were like because it's a bunch of nerds and nerds don't have sex
0: no just because no one's going to want to go oh yes sh- darling shall we settle down to make sweet love to each other yes I'll just text Renfri and make sure that we're doing <laughs> it so you can watch Oh no. made you've made it look made really it bad. You've made me look like... I have! <laughs> I've made it look really weird. I asked who enforced that rule, and you said you. T- Who's made it weird? I, uh, you.
1: Yeah, Anyway, our tangent's fantastic, and you should go. It it's is. Awesome.
0: Well done. You've, re- you've really um, redeemed yourself from last so. week, Renfrew. Good, good. Nearly. <laughs> you did, and then... Anyway, um oh, yeah. yeah, so anyway, go over to arttangent.co.uk forward slash tickets and put Riot Act ATG all one word. All one word. No spaces. All one all one word. And um in put lower, that into in lower capitals. the checkout. Yeah, in uh in lower cap in small capitals. And you'll get ten percent off of your ticket. Sweet. And we'll see you there. Mm-hmm. thanks guys thanks for, uh, for supporting the podcast we appreciate it thank you very much now uh we should also give a little sting to our patreon page patreon.com forward slash right podcast you know the drill by now everyone give us your money please thank you we appreciate that you can sign up for any amount of money and suggest an album for a rioters review we did a rioters review on mad Capital markets osc disc which went up last weekend uh yes. the um the japanese industrial pop punk metal band yeah
1: yeah that'll do Mm. um very differing views on that record and it does appear aged
0: aged like kirk douglas (laughs) uh...
1: (laughs) it does appear that many of our listeners have very different views on the record to one of us but i won't say any more than that
0: yeah uh but you know if you would like to do that you can sign up for any amount or you can sign up for a five pound a month tier where you'll get a pair of classic albums and we come in thick and fast behind each other this month's classic albums they'll be coming right back to back because I believe I'm going to check it while we're doing this live Rem Freak exciting Uh that is uh oh uh oh has the
1: Manchester Orchestra uh, classic album gone up oh no no I'm no it hasn't it, it has gone up because by the time this has gone out it will have gone out it will have gone okay. up i just haven't written a blurb for it yeah it's fine
0: right fine okay. black martyr Surface by manchester orchestra which renfrey um picked as his classic album will be up by the time you listen to this podcast and then hot on its Hills next week probably around the same time next week because we're recording it on wednesday night which is when we can get hold of mr merlin alderslade mm-hmm. formerly from the metal hammers to talk about the prodigies music for the jilted generation i've already started the notes on that basically kind of done so we're ready to go on that But Manchester Orchestra, really, really great record. That's not that album. Um, Oh, shit. Sorry, it's not that album at all. Uh, But really great, really, really great um, album, I thought, the Manchester Orchestra one, for coming into a band who I knew very little about on that classic album.
1: I was overjoyed at how much you uh, like it. Uh, It's an incredibly personal record for me, for reasons that I go into, and I go into uh, a lot of the... Sort of what the record's about. Massive, massive themes of life, death, the circle of life, childbirth, um space, Dune Project. Why are we here? It's absolutely beautiful. Um, but even though it goes into those big ex- existential themes, it's also very, very, very personal as well. Um, we kind of described it as like a David Lynch Tarantino Cohen Brothers type, or influenced by, certainly. Uh, Definitely
0: influenced. I was going to say, you did. Well, um, yeah. you, you definitely did. I was like, "Oh yeah," I've just now you've said that I sort of noticed that you're right. <laughs> but yeah, man, um, I I really like that record. Mm-hmm. I mean, I felt like I got more from that classic album in terms of my knowledge of the record than maybe any record that we've done so far on that classic album podcast. Because you were filling me in on stuff where I think I said it in the special, like I didn't really know what was going on, but I felt like something deeper was going on but it didn't hamper my enjoyment of the record at all which i just thought was like a really really brilliantly stirring album even if you don't know what it's about so yeah yeah.
1: it's astonishing i love I, i and actually usually when we do these classic albums um we end up listening to them beforehand so many times that it's like okay i'm gonna park that and not listen to it for another six months i haven't stopped listening to it I, absol- I just I just adore that record. It's amazing.
0: Really good. Really, very good. So there you go. Go over to patreon.com forward slash right act podcast and you can sign up and listen to our thoughts on said albums, which will be up and coming soon. Prodigy and Manchester Orchestra. How's that for diversity? Oh, we should say as well, we're recording a bunch of writers' reviews. We're going to do a bunch of writers' reviews. We're going to kind of do them all at once, I think, this weekend, aren't we? So I think we're doing Depeche Mode, Zwan and Talon's Kind of back to back i think i think we three.
1: decided on open hand over talons but
0: yeah we did open it yes yeah, sorry you're right open hand oh that's lucky because i was uh but would you probably do talent i mean we then, probably will do
1: talons after that but yeah
0: yeah uh open hand yes you're right um i forgot about that because i don't need to listen to that open hand record because i listen to it all the fucking time all the time all the time all the time anyway uh let's have a little chat about some stuff That we've been listening to alpha games by block party came out last week we tried to get the promo for it couldn't get it unfortunately as we mentioned on last week's show but it is out now if you want to go and listen to it, it's a sixth studio album from the uk indie stroke post-punk mid noughties legends i'm gonna call them legends at this point i think i think i'm gonna do that is that right is that right with everyone
1: no (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, okay. I, I, I don't know. Depends. Depends if you're talking about like um, quality of material throughout. I mean, I don't want to spoil this review. So, <laughs> can you be a legend if you've only released one incredible record?
0: I think they've got two really great records. One incredible record. I think they've got one incredible one, record
1: and one very, one very good record, and then a lot of records which are me. <laughs>
0: Uh, I mean, you can, yeah. I think we've spoken about this a bunch of times before. You can. Um, I think Block Party were, were so good when they were so good that they kind of crystallised in my mind as that band from Silent Alarm.
1: Forever. Well, we did we did do Silent Alarm on classic albums very recently, and I do wonder if I might have had a slightly different view of this record if we hadn't re-listened to that album a lot not too long ago. Um, but, yeah. I, but I feel like I'm getting into it a bit of jumping the gun slightly
0: yeah uh so anyway it's the follow-up to 2016's hymns album which again i know is something that you renfrey weren't that keen on hymns particularly, um were you?
1: i didn't hymns is the only block party record i've not heard um but uh four i thought oh, you hated four i thought four was really just like meh i thought mm. intimacy was an interesting stylistic change but ultimately a bit of a failure really a Silent Alarm I adore and uh, A Weekend in the City, Weekend in the City. Is, is very good. But, I, you know, it's, it's no Silent Alarm, but it's a good record.
0: But. No, no. So that kind of brings us to Alpha Games, which is, you know, six years without an album. Never quite sure what Block Party are up to. Do you know what I mean? If they're together or apart or do you know what I mean? What they're
1: going to do. I'm of the impression that they sort of broke up for a bit or i i I think they probably said they went on hiatus that's usually what bands do when they just decide that they just want to take a bit of time out and i think kelly wanted to concentrate on his solo career for a little while um but yeah it's certainly yeah it's been six years and there's been a lot of press behind this record because it feels like a kind of a return thing that's what you know
0: it is i mean by the count so um justin harrison louise bartle who both joined the band in 2015 um, this apparently is their first contribution sort of writing, and their, their, well, their contributions of the band in it at all, mm. um, having not really done anything on hymns. Um, uh, and that's, as we spoke about in the in the in the Silent Alarm special, rhythm section for Block Party is really, really, really important. I think, yeah, really important. Um, so, you know, it, on that level, I was like, oh, I'm interested to see if they can kind of live up to or recreate the, the classic block, if that's even going to be a concern for what they do. And I think, you know, um, they've struggled to recapture that form and that sound from Silent Alarm. I think we can probably give up on the idea that they'll ever get back to that level that's before. that's exactly uh, again i should say that's
1: exactly what was running through my mind as i was listening to this album i was like oh yeah. okay fine
0: i mean when they released traps i remember hearing that and thinking this is really wicked that's got that disco beat thing mm-hmm. the riff's really cool i quite like day drinker i thought it sounds like a te- you know it, it's a tamer version of classic block party but i quite liked it but then it yeah. gets to a song like you should know the truth which they're so closely to that indie landfill thing mm. Mm. that i was like oh no that is the last place i want you to go really mm, yeah, yeah. Like, really
1: yeah to be fair i always i already feel like we're being a little bit harsh on this record because it's 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 fine this album's fine but it's nothing that exciting really it does feel like They've, it's a little bit of a return to their sort of indie roots. There certainly seem to be less electronic stuff on it than there has been on the last few records. Um, and it does feel like that. that's the way that they're trying to go ahead with it in terms of the marketing and stuff like that. Um, but I just... I thought there were a bunch of cool ideas on it, um, but just not very many good songs. Um, there were a bunch of things on it where I was like this sounds cool but i don't know if there's really a very good song underneath it so like rough justice for example i really liked the orchestral string refrain repeating refrain yeah. i was like that's a really when the band
0: comes in at the end there's like a big sort of
1: like yeah. bit
0: which i thought was really good yeah
1: there's there's bits aren't there there's bits where you go oh yeah that's really cool and i thought what they did with that was was <laughs> i thought they had a cool idea and then kind of threw it away you know um The Girls Are Fighting has a kind of post punky feel to it, a little like old school Block Party, but I just didn't find it a particularly engaging song.
0: The Girls Are Fighting, weirdly, and this is not sort of. They're not the type of band that Block Party usually get compared to, but it reminds me of a Pet Shop Boys song. And when I say that, it doesn't remind me in terms of how it sounds, but the sort of style clash and the different bits and how it's. um, really up one minute and then really down the next and it's it's quite austere whilst being really over the top yeah i was like oh that's a trick that the pet shop boys use expertly but the pet shop boys write absolutely incredible songs yeah like fucking incredible songs Hmm. that are just so unique to them and i listened to that and i was like well it's it's a good idea and I think yeah. this does mix the type of thing they've been doing over the past decade quite well with the classic sound of block party you know there is you said there's less electro stuff on there but there's a song like sex magic which is very post punky but does have a bit of that electro yes. stuff to it and yep. a sort of 80s pop vibe to it there's a little there's there's quite a lot of I think when you mix like new wave and sort of quite classic sounding electronics you're inevitably going to sound like a bit like the 80s even if you have quite modern production and you know there's stuff on it which in those parts I quite like like Callum is a there's a song called Callum is a snake which is two minutes long Mm. and I sort of think I mean it's got a little bit of that kind of you know bravery dance rock killersy thing to it but it's two minutes long it's a little bit darker than those bands obviously I just thought it should be heavier do you know what I mean I just thought like (laughs) Yeah, you would have been heavy. back in the day you would have been more kind of acerbic you would have it would have all been a bit more wiry and mm. a bit kind of more there'd be a bit more kind of venom behind it than there is mm. on that it sounds a little bit lacklustre
1: it does feel strangely pedestrian this album doesn't it yeah mm. yeah
0: yeah there's too many times on it where I think when they go back to that stuff I'm like oh yeah it sounds like Block Party but it kind of doesn't sound like Block Party mm. we did Broken Records on Iron Maiden this week and we said It does sound like Iron Maiden on the surface, but it doesn't Mm, as well. mm. Because when you look, I mean, 80s Iron Maiden I'm talking about, because it doesn't have that sort of unquantifiable thing that makes it exciting. Yeah, And I think when Block Party try and recreate Weekend City, signed Alarm era stuff, it's a little bit lacking. I I Mm. actually prefer it when you get things that are a bit like, I mean, um, We Get Caught has got this backing vocal on it from um uh i've forgotten her name now louise bartle and i really like that i thought that adds something is a little kind of extra sort of sweet poppier Mm. touch to it and they're they're kind of better at doing that i liked that as well there was
1: another sweet song you've already mentioned traps and Daydrinker, both of which i think are fantastic i mean even though it is very reminiscent of um silent alarm i'd argue i did really like of things yet to come i thought that had a nice vibe it was kind of i guess it's ballad-esque it's not really a ballad but it's a a gentler track isn't it uh reminded me of blue light though from silent alarm and um as soon as i found that connection in my brain i was like this is good but it's no blue light so even even then even then when i was like oh i found a song that i actually think is really good on this album um it was kind kind of uh under underscored by that so yeah yeah
0: i f- i felt a bit like that. Like the piece offering, the last song yeah. is a really sort of slow languid haunting thing i think the guitars sound great on that quite like robert smith curie sort of washes of guitar but i was like it's no so here I mean, we, we are though is it yeah i was gonna say when we, we we spoke about those type of songs that there were on silent alarm mm. and it's not as good as that and you in the context of this album it's really good yes but in the context of block parties yeah absolutely it doesn't really hit quite as hard i mean certainly they're not as tense, as intense as they used to be mm. i kind of think that's okay i mean this is decent if somewhat off their best work I would it's say. it's
1: it's you know it's a. Uh five or six out of ten three out of five kind of thing it's it's fine yeah it's fine but a little bit i don't know i think that i got quite excited by all the marketing and stuff and just because it's been six years and i was like oh maybe it'll be really good uh it's fine
0: it's fine it's fine. it's it's absolutely fine uh so you go block party alpha games it's out came out last week it's all right it's all right do you know what i mean it's all right Um, Puppy, so Puppy's album, Pure Evil, comes out the day you listen to this podcast, presuming that you all listen to this podcast the day that the podcast comes out. It's the second album from the UK's alternative rock trio. Yeah.
1: Alternative rock? Alternative rock and metal
0: trio? Anyway, the follow-up to... Their debut album, The Goat, which came out in 2019, which we reviewed.
1: I think they, uh, I actually, so, I mean, I, I wasn't going to mention this and now I've decided I'm going to mention it. I actually did a Q&A with them last night as we're recording this and Jock yeah. said that they were sort of, I can't remember the exact, I'm putting words in his mouth now, but um, like metal adjacent kind of thing. Um, yes. He summed it, he he worded it really well. I don't think it was quite that, but yeah, it, they like they, they touch on the fringes of metal.
0: That's, that seems like a... A fair descriptor, I would say. Uh, We've been very complimentary about Puppy over the years, I think.
1: Yeah, it's because they're a great band.
0: Really good band. Really like them a lot. And they felt like they had something a little... Not completely unique. Like, holy shit, I don't think I've ever heard this before. But certainly they have their own flavour. Metal-adjacent alternative rock, I guess. Hmm. You know, like, they've got something which I think is um, a little bit different to what everyone else is doing in that kind of scene, if you like.
1: I mean, when we talk about identity, and a lot of it comes yeah. down to Jock's voice, which is very uh, distinct, but um, when we talk about identity, you can tell it's Puppy straight away. So, mm. you know, it's a hell of a compliment. Yeah.
0: yeah, for sure. There was quite a lot of hype around Puppy when those first couple of EPs came out. Mm. Do you know what I mean? the fact that you know, a lot of people went pretty big on them quite early on in their career. And that, don't get me wrong, when you go back to songs like Entombed, fucking awesome, like... They, they released some really good material during that period. Hmm. But it never really took off in the same way as it took off for, like, Creeper or... Uh, oh, God. None of those... Or, or even Venom Prison. Like, people still will talk about Venom Prison. Like, you know, it's... Like, when we did, we are saying, oh, you know, they're fucking... They're doing the thing. Third from top on the bill on the main stage of Bloodstock and stuff. You know, like, it feels like... A lot of people went, oh yeah, this band, they're like Weezer, but with big Van halen riffs and stuff, great, and really great melodies, and then they've just sort of stayed in the same place, and I feel like the hype surrounding them has kind of gone away at this point, which can be a really good thing for a band, I think. Mm. I think that can actually be quite a good thing.
1: That Just to interject on that, they they lost... I think they had lost a fair bit of momentum but I think they've lost that momentum through absolutely no fault of their own. I think a lot of it it comes down to quite bad luck and stuff like that. But um yeah. but yeah certainly there was a hype and a, a buzz around puppy uh oh, 4 years ago shall we say um which which doesn't feel like it's any longer there. But yeah. you know not that. does that matter? I mean No, it, it doesn't it doesn't matter. I mean only it I'm
0: it, it might matter for them. They might be like, ah oh man, why are people paying less attention to us and like it might be harder for them to get column inches in Kerrang or Metal Hammer or Rock Sound or whatever. Mm. But I don't think that, that necessarily means that their their qualities of band should suffer in any way whatsoever. Those two things are ultimately irrelevant yeah. from each other, you know. I just I listened to this and I thought I basically listened to this and I thought to myself what a shame that it feels like people don't appear to be talking about Puppy in the same way as they were speaking about them prior to the goat coming out I felt like the goat came out and it was people were very excited to have it coming out and I don't feel like there's that same level of excitement surrounding this record
1: Mm. which is a shame I think yes it is a shame because this is a better album than the goat it's a different album yeah I, I
0: It is a different album. Um, Is it better? Yeah, it probably
1: is better. I think it is. is. I think it is better. I really like the GOAT.
0: I think it's really good.
1: Yeah, so do I. So do I. But I... I I think this is uh, shorter, sharper. I think they have um, chucked a few songs in there that, like, are... should become classics. I I think that was a... Oh, man. This is going to sound so harsh. But you've already mentioned entombed they had entombed as a song and sometimes there would be a sense that people were waiting for that song and which wasn't particularly fair because they do have some other fantastic songs as well i mean my personal favorite puppy song is probably arabella which is fucking amazing that song Mm.
0: but um that's a great song
1: but i definitely like seeing them live i would often get that you know when a band go into a song and suddenly the energy just ramps up i kind of feel like that they have there are songs on here that deserve to um have as big an impact live as entombed so the kiss for example is just smashing pumpkins smashing pumpkins yeah right (laughs) so smashing pumpkins i even said that to jock last night but it, it really it's siamese dream era smashing pumpkins but you know what the quality is is pretty much there as well obviously it's only one song rather than the whole record but that's fine i mean you know it's it's i love that song i think it's brilliant um and watched it glow it's just so instantly catchy and so instantly hooky um and there is that classic i mean we say it all the time but you know the heavier bits feel heavier and the melodic bits feel more sweeter and more melodic you know there is there is a bit more dynamics in it um than there has been in the past and i think those are the simple things that make it for me a better record than the goat i think shame is really fantastic as well. I really like Glacial. Like, There's nothing on this record that I don't like. I think it's really, really cool. And it's like mm. 13 songs in 36 minutes. Races mm-hmm. by... A couple of
0: little short sort of instrumental Interlude-y. bits in there as well, mm-hmm. which are cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like this is... So I think this is an interesting, not massive, but slight stylistic change, which works rather well for Puppy. Okay. I think, right? Because I actually quite liked that whole... Geek rock, but with almost kind of Def Leppardy. There's a bit of like what Ghost did in that last album, which I always felt like Puppy was sort of aiming for, but it's a hard thing to do when you're ultimately sort of part Weezer and part like Pixies, but then also trying to chuck in like Van Halen riffs and stuff. And I yeah. thought that was a really, really cool thing to do, but probably a very difficult thing to do. This feels like a str- more of a straight alternative rock album, albeit one with big riffs so alt metal kept coming up for me a lot and we've already spoken about Smashing Pumpkins that I think people would say would be you know like like Jock said like alt metal adjacent but then my offer reminds me of Helmet Um, yeah totally you know there's a touch of Helmet in there it's still riffy but the riffies feel more the riffy the riffs it's riffy but the riffs not it's riffy but the riffy the riffs feel more kind of alt rock than they do kind of old school metal it's more white zombie than Judas Priest. It's not really white zombie, to be fair. But do you know what I mean. It's more that yeah, era. No, it's more I, Ro- I it's more Rollins band than than Motley Crew.
1: That hadn't occurred to me, but that may well be why I like it more than the goat. Because I'm more into mm. that stuff than than I am sort of classic heavy metal. Um, yeah, but yeah but I, mean, I think, there's, I think there's good i think i like like you said i think that's a good direction for them to go down i really like this you know i think it's great
0: i i do and it doesn't mean you don't have heavy riffs or anything in it because i no. mean i've written down wasted little heart sounds like dinosaur pile up to me which is a compliment by the way yeah it that's is a, compliment, a, nice a is very good yeah. and it also sounds a bit like down with a sickness <laughs> <laughs> and spellbound okay, uh cool. is really good watch it glow is like deftones with a sort of my bloody valentine vocal on it i really love that song sacrifice reminds me of like black album metallica um shame i thought sounded like placebo and and glacial was like polythene era feeder yeah and that's probably my one of my favorite songs on the album glacial's
1: great Uh, great way to end the record
0: yeah yeah really good i really like this band they're dead good it's a really cool mix of stuff and obviously i am gonna like it because it basically reminds me of you know, all the stuff that I liked when I was growing up. Mm. But they don't sound like a sort of 90s throwback at the same time. You know, no. You know when you listen to, like, uh, Nothing or something. Like, you know, we were really, really positive about a Nothing album. But it does sound like a band from the 90s. I'm not quite sure that Puppy do sound like a band from the 90s. But they do sound like they're made up of all the components from 90s rock. I think That's they've really stripped away that kind of 80s. They've stripped away. They're like Pantera getting Phil Anselmo in. Do you know what I mean? They've gone what, from racist? like glam. glam yes, <laughs> yeah, they're racist. Uh, but no, they've gone from like a glam band to more of a kind of groove band. And I think that suits them rather well. Whilst keeping that kind of geek rock, alternative rock, Foo fighters grungy thing in there as well. Yeah. yeah, I've convinced myself that this is a better record whilst <laughs> talking about it. I was like, I really, because I really like both of them. I really like both of their records. But yeah, I do think this suits them better
1: i agree and i i i generally not that the songwriting was bad on the goat because it isn't in the slightest i just i just think the songs are slightly better on this one generally Hmm. generally you know but yeah i i I think it's great i love it they're on a really extensive tour as well they're going all over the place um all over the uk which starts in like a couple of days but um definitely go out and see go and see puppy they're fucking great live
0: yeah dude where they where
1: they where they going
0: do you That's know any, weird. like, random places off the top of your head? They're going they're
1: to going? the Jericho Tavern in Oxford, which excited me. Because oh, I was like, oh, the Jericho Tavern. Yeah.
0: Is that owned by Chris Jericho?
1: I don't believe so, no. But I saw Tom York walk past it once. Uh, and I was like, oh, my God, Tom York.
0: Cool. Yeah, Jericho in Oxford. If those walls could talk, the walls of Jericho. <laughs>
1: hey.
0: Just that came to me just from nowhere. Wow. Um, wasn't it amazing everyone mm. i think it was all right all right anyway <laughs> puppy pure evil by puppy it's out now and i really yeah you're right go and see him definitely go and see him but certainly if you you know if you can't afford to see them certainly certainly listen to this record i think it's wicked
1: i should point out they're playing more places than just oxford as well they're playing all over the country okay,
0: there's a long way to travel for people who live in like belfast or- <laughs>
1: Yeah, they're, they're, play, they're playing like a 12-date UK tour or something like that, and uh, you should absolutely go and see them. They're awesome.
0: Okay, good. Uh, speaking of good, young, heavy British bands, a little bit more hype around. We didn't do again last week. We didn't have a chance to do this last week, so we're going to do it now. Profound Morality by Harriet, the debut EP from the very, very hotly-tipped UK metal band. I've had this for a little while, and I've listened to it a fair bit in that time um even so we didn't have enough time or enough room really to cover it last week when it came out because there's a lot of other stuff going on basically it's eight tracks it's 20 minutes it's a debut ep uh they're quite young aren't they harriet they're quite young
1: uh, i believe so yeah
0: like well they're certainly a young band
1: they've been on because... they've been i have heard the the name harriet for like two or three years at least and like maybe the pandemic yeah. like stopped things blah 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 but yes i think they're a pretty new band i don't know exactly when they formed but probably within the last three four years something like that
0: yeah um so this basically is really good i think
1: this is excellent i thought it's i really really, really love this EP. It's a noisy fucker, isn't it? It's kind of like Portrayal of Guilt meets Nothing with a little Chelsea Wolf thrown in as well, I think. Um, they they sort of um, seesaw between a sort of dark industrial Chelsea Wolf vibe. I'm thinking particularly the albums like His Spun and mm. Abyss that sort of really dark, disturbing Chelsea Wolf stuff, and then going absolutely Portrayal of Guilt ballistic. And if I have one minor criticism with the EP, and it is pretty minor at this stage, it's that yeah. that formula of Chelsea Wolf thing, Portrayal of Guilt thing, Chelsea Wolf thing, Portrayal of Guilt thing, is, is repeated three or four times throughout the EP. I don't think that's a massive problem because A this is a debut release and for a debut release this is incredibly impressive like mm-hmm. really good. Uh if it were like a full length album and it kept doing that then it, I'd have a bigger problem with it but it's 20 minutes so you know whilst it does repeat its tricks a bit really I I mentioned that just as a kind of like um this is awesome but in future think about other places that you can go as well. But I think it's really effective like it is a trick that's repeated again and again but it is really effective um and it's all about dynamics isn't it not that (laughs) the dynamics that harriet employ they're always heavy as hell you know it's always dark and it's always disturbing but they do find a lot of dynamic range within that kind of hellscape so to speak does that make sense
0: yeah yeah, yeah, it does, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you're probably right. I had Because it's so short, I don't think it ever becomes a problem, really. Do you know what I mean? Like,
1: just... I think at this stage, it's not a problem. Um, it, I was just kind of aware that, like, if this had been a full length, and, you know, I know it's not, so it is irrelevant yeah. from that point of view, but if a full length was this but doubled, that would be a significant problem, in my opinion. Maybe,
0: yeah, so, yeah, sure, okay. Um, you know... I like I say, eight tracks, 20 minutes. I've put that it's like Death times doing Death Metal, which oh, I think nice. is, yes. is very good. And that you know, it takes a lot to make me want to listen to a metal release more than once or twice these days. But yeah. I've been back to this quite a lot. Mm. And I think there's there's an experimental ambience to this that I hope they don't lose. At some point yes. I was like, ah, Code Orange kind of have done this, but they've done this for a more, I guess, a sort of Like, like we've said a bunch of times with Code Orange, I think they're trying to be more palatable. Do you know what I mean? I think Code Orange want lots of people to listen to them, and that's absolutely fine. I think Harriet are probably a little bit too early in their career to really be considering that Mm. sort of thing. Do you know what Mm. I mean? I don't think they need to, and I hope they don't lose that because it's a kind of odd mix at the moment. And I'm all for it. You know, I don't think they should make themselves easier to grasp or, you know, start playing with some of the more they could fit in quite nicely with some of the more sort of straightforward hardcore bands mm. of their generation, but I actually think because on the surface you go, oh, they've got quite a lot in common with just like ga 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 da, da da hardcore. Do you know what I mean? They've mm-hmm. got quite a lot in common with that, mm-hmm. but actually, all those things you mentioned about the sort of Chelsea Wolf hispun abyss era stuff, which is very very unnerving and it mm. means that dynamically this records it you know that pendulum swings really far apart from one another mm. Mm. like the two sort of the two opposite ends of its dynamic range yeah. sway very very far apart i think you're probably right there's not much in the middle yeah you know there's not much in the middle of that and yeah, I mean, it wasn't a problem for me because it is short.
1: It isn't for me either. It's it's just uh, yeah. in future kind of thing. But but yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. But I think it can be phenomenally, phenomenally heavy mm. when it wants to be heavy. Yeah, like, you know, they really covered "Tent ten on Hammer" by Machine Head, and you just go, "Well, that's a really heavy song," and their cover of it is so heavy, and that guitar tone is so fucking brutal. But then at the same time, it can be so delicate and gothic and you know and spacious and airy and and very very um you know chillingly moody yeah and i think that's cool as fuck as well uh i really do like this a lot and i think the fact that you're right to say i guess like yeah you know it didn't really keep me guessing per se no. didn't really keep me guessing but it kept me on my toes enough and it kept me interested yeah it, i was always interested in whatever was going on on
1: it same same and and i don't want to give the impression that like you know i got bored of it or anything like that i didn't abs- I absolutely didn't i just noticed a formula but it didn't really yeah. matter because it's 20 minutes debut release and it all sounds brilliant like don't get me wrong it's all really fucking good um mm. i i really like this a lot i think it's fantastic
0: yeah. yeah it's it's fucking great this
1: might even be one of my favorite heavy releases of the year so far and i I, I think mean, it is one of had... mine
0: certainly what the one i've listened to the most yeah. i think it might be with the exception of maybe like the soul glow album oh, in terms yeah. of like heavy music yeah i'm trying to think of something else that i've listened to more than this maybe venom prison might be the only other mm-hmm. one This and venom prison probably the two like in, for metal mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. probably the ones that i've listened to the most i think yeah well good well good. it is good well good i'm gonna say it's well good and that can be do pre- Harriet if you're listening do <laughs> do what you want to do with that quote <laughs> it's well good um profound morality by Harriet is out it's been out a little week so if you're a fan you might have heard it if you haven't heard them you don't know anything about them, go and check them out if you like heavy music. But also really kind of cool, weird, ambient stuff as well. What's the difference between a
1: little week and a big week? You said it's been out a little Uh, week. A little (laughs) week. We're Um, very tired. We're very, very tired. Five days and seven days? (laughs) (laughs) Well saved. Very good. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Um, Anyway, uh, before we move on, quick mention to Ibaraki Rashomon. Uh, which is a debut solo album from Matt Heafy from Trivium, which has sort of been build a little bit as a sort of Trivium go black metal thing. And I'm not really sure that that's what it is. I put this sort of mm. last as our album to talk about because um, it's probably one of the more, it's probably, you know, well, not in probably, in terms of people involved in it, it's certainly the most high profile group of people that are involved in this record overall. Mm. Obviously Matt Heafy is quite big, Um it's got Gerard Way on it, it's yeah. got Ishan on it, it's got Nurgle on it. It's got um Yeah, it's 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 got a bunch of people on it. I don't care for this, Renfrey.
1: Really? No, I don't care for this. That's interesting. That's why why, why is that then?
0: I dunno, it's a bit more power metal y and it feels a bit cheesier. And it does and when it somehow, does
1: feel cheesier when Matt's singing. I think when yeah, he's Yeah, and I know screaming. what he's
0: doing. I don't think he's... he don't think he's bad at that at all. I don't think no. he's bad at that. But I don't really, like... I think he gets the balance just about right on Trivium. And I think he goes really far. I mean, like we were speaking about, again, we did Broken Records and we were talking about Iron Maiden. And I was just like, I can't do a lot of this stuff. Like, like I get it. You know, I think... Uh, I don't want to say, like... The songs aren't... I, I I don't think the songs are as good as the songs he writes with Trivium. Mm-hmm. I think he's writing in a different way. I think he's trying to write for big arenas and big places and stuff. Yeah. And I think that... The focus is, is different on this record, isn't it? I think yeah. the focus is different. I don't think um, the songwriting is... Uh, I don't think he's got a grasp of that quite as much. It's a fairly interesting mix of extreme metal and classic heavy metal with a few bits and bobs chucked in. Obviously, you know, his um his Japanese roots play a big mm-hmm. part in the sort of overall thematic, the thematics of the record.
1: Yeah, Ibaraki is a district in Japan. I did a little bit of yeah. Googling research. And
0: yeah. all of the, it looks like all of the, the, the titles are in, in Japanese. Oh, yeah, You know, like, it's not bad, this. It's not bad, and it's interesting. It's good to hear Matt sort of stretch himself and do something a little bit different. But ultimately, um it didn't really grab me in in the way that you know I, I hoped it might.
1: Well this is an interesting turn of events because I I like this and, and I like it much, much more than I thought I was going to. Obviously, you know, we have discussed Trivium on the podcast a couple of times and every time we do, we seem to have a Barney um, and then Twitter explodes and um, wishes me dead, uh, which is very silly. But um, I, um, I... Is it? <coughs> yes. Um, I, I I prefer this to Trivium. Which doesn't mean that I think it's better than Trivium, if that makes sense. Um, yep. the reason why I liked it more, I guess it reminded me of Opeth so fucking much. Uh, and it reminded me uh, of yeah. mid-period Opeth quite a lot. And whilst you know, whilst there isn't anything on here that is of the quality of the songs sort of like like Ghost of Edition or Grand Conjuration or anything like that. I did like what what was going on and I and there were there were there's certainly more dynamics to this than there is in Trivium which instantly get makes me more interested is the songwriting as good um, well it's just different isn't it it's just different I'm not I'm not sure I, I'm not sure if I would go so far as to say that the songwriting is worse I just think it's concentrating on different things. Um, Trivium stuff is very hooky, but I think one of my issues with Trivium, I, I don't really like the hooks that Matt Heafy writes, to be honest. Quite often I find them quite irritating. This is going less for hooks, but more for, I mean, at first I was a, I was really, I saw how long, this, this record, I don't know how long it is, but it's like, it's probably over an hour. It's really long, this album. And that is definitely a criticism. Like, it's, it's too long. And a lot of the songs are, like, seven and a half minutes long. Like, most of them are around the seven and a half minute mark, most of these songs. But... I th- it's long, isn't it? It's it is long. long. It, is, it, is, it is, you know, probably a couple of tracks too long. But I do think that it went to lots of different places and I felt like it went to more places than your typical Trivium album. I'm sure there's a couple of Trivium albums which probably do go to as many places as this, but in the main, it felt like it went to more places than Trivium I
0: think it goes to some places where, I think this is the thing, it goes to some places that I don't really want. Trivium to I mean when I think yeah. of my my least favourite trivium album, something like Silence in the Snow, which I think probably is my least favourite trivium album, the reason I didn't like that is exactly because the cheesiness, the bombast of it is too much. And I think um, it, it leans a bit too far into that for me. I think there's bits on it where he goes into more extreme places than yeah. Trivium Go, yeah. which are really, really good. I mean, again, I think that's I what think I
1: like, to be honest. Yeah.
0: Akuma, yeah. Uh, Akumu um, with Nurgle yeah. is really good. That's great. Really, really good. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. And, you know, Nurgle comes in, he sounds brutal as fuck. Yeah. Actually, I i don't know who, where is Gerard Way on that Ronin? Because there's a bit where there's proper like, Grindcorey, screamy vocals i think that's Jared way is I, I, I was like that might be gerard way you know and that sounds fucking amazing well
1: arguably better than matt heafy
0: well the this dude the, 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 I, I mean matt obviously doesn't have that vocal range to do that mm. like screeching vocal mm. that black metal vocal but he does you know like I, I, I'm, I'm
1: not i, I think matt heavey's a very good vocalist you know i'm not i'm not saying that he isn't i but but when that vocal came in it was immediately apparent that okay this is a different screamer to the screaming we've had previously and mm. i couldn't figure out any other time that jared way would be on it so i am assuming that is jared way and i was like holy yeah. shit! i mean that song ronin probably is my favorite song on the record i think it's fucking awesome that song i really like that cool spanish guitar type bit i mean again like harriet i suppose there is a formula there's a lot of formula to there is there's a lot of formulaic stuff here and it is more of a problem here than it is with harriet because this album's like around an hour long so the formula is basically like song starts it's extremely heavy probably a blast beaty black metal thing then it goes into a middle part which is softer and the middle part might be you know it could be a spanish guitar type thing or it might be there's some weird um stuff on here as well uh which Mm. was odd um i mean fine but odd um but it will go into a quieter bit for a little bit there might be a bit of melodic singing um and there's usually some cool stuff going on with that and then it will end on a massive 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 you know heavy blast beat thing again and of the there's eight songs on here really aren't there's 10 tracks but it's kind of eight songs i think of the eight songs i reckon six of them do that so you know in terms of that it's like okay you're doing the same formula again and again but i've at least i to me, that formula is more interesting than what Trivium do. I do, I do acknowledge that the majority of people are not going to feel that way.
0: Yeah, I think it's a funny one, isn't it? Because I don't think this is heavy enough to really make black metal fans go... No. Oh, or grindcore fans go, oh, okay, wow, he this is really... But then it's probably a little bit too heavy for most Trivium fans.
1: Yeah, I, th- th- there is... But a, that's fine. There is a, well, but I, I suppose for that reason, and this isn't a reason not to do something, obviously, but um, it could fall between two stores as a result of that. But I I like it. I mean, I think the cheesy, melodic vocals, and it's not... It's, they're not always cheesy, but sometimes they're a little bit cheesy. Could put off some black metal aficionados. I don't know. It depends, though. It? I mean, I'm just thinking of Tom Dare, and he loves a bit of a cheesy vocal, doesn't he? So you know, you never know. Um, he really does. But personally, you know, given my history with talking about Trivium on this podcast, you know, I did I did apprehensively approach this, and and I I I was really generally pleasantly surprised but i don't think it's like astonishing or anything like that but i think it's a solidly good um opeth (laughs) ripoff is that fair Uh, i mean it's no you know it's no like wilderun or anything like that but um i I think it's cool i think it's cool i like i like all the guest spots on it ishan's great as well it's decent i
0: just like when it went into those cheesier bits i was like this is not, not what i like yeah. When it went into that more kind of like power metal-y you know iron made any sort of low sure. bit, i was like no nah, i can't get on board with anything yeah. like that yeah that's fine anything enough. uh but anyway you know like it's not bad no and there's certainly good. some good moments on it but i mean for me in terms of what's better out of this and like the last few Trivium records i think this is some way off all of the last three trivia records oh, i okay. think personally okay uh but rashomon by ibaraki is out now um we saw some gigs as well didn't we went to some gigs who did you see remfrey
1: tell everyone who you saw i went you saw to see low didn't you i went to see low yeah, yeah at um a church in hackney uh oh, last friday night and um oh man it was um A really beautiful emotional experience I have said on this podcast before that when um, I was spreading my mum's ashes I did it to a couple of uh, songs from this new low record both of which they played and both of those times I cried like a baby but I was just completely and utterly blown away by low the nature of that new record, Hey What, that we both loved. I mean, it was in both of our albums of the year. I think it was like 18 for mine. you. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, it was number yeah, two for me, up. I think. I absolutely adore it. And there's a lot of um, electronic... Did, 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 oh, hello. There's a lot of electronical pokery on it. And it was quite, quite interesting to see you know how are they going to recreate this live um no tracks whatsoever which i think is an accomplishment with that kind of material it felt like there was an awful lot of looping and things like that and as a result some of the things they could recreate and some of the things they couldn't but the wonderful thing about that is if they couldn't recreate the song as it was on the album. They just sort of change it so that it was still recognisably the song but it felt like a totally different version of it so days like these for example which i know was a highlight for you from the record yeah and i love days like these i think it's a great song but oh my god they played a it was it was it's far more stripped back and it was almost it wasn't acoustic but it was almost it was much more stripped back than the the album version which is really distorted and upfront and i just suddenly saw the song in a whole new way and now i'm like oh my god yeah that song is incredible and i absolutely love the way that they interpreted that live material in particular they basically started and they didn't quite play the entire record but they played the first uh, do you know what they played nine out of ten songs from the record so they more or less played the whole record in full and that's how they started the set and not only did they play it in full but they played it like in sequence as well but the cool thing about that is because it, it just sounded totally totally different from or a lot of the, a lot of that material sounded completely different from the album versions and yet still recognizably those songs they also had a really cool like i said it took place in a church st john's church in hackney funnily enough where i've seen block party before um and they have a really beautiful very simple nine inch nails style i guess show set up it's just a row of led lights towards the back um which flash up different images and things like that that go and, and and it felt like well i'm pretty sure actually that they were hooked up to the instruments so when chords were played and stuff the the images would change it was incredibly simple but so effective and so beautiful this was one of the this was one of the most amazing gigs i've been to in in years i mean i obviously that album had a really profound effect on me But even the material... I'm really beginning to explore Lowe as a band uh, totally, and there are some eras of Lowe that I feel like I really know about now, and there's some eras where I don't. And there there was a a big range of songs that they played towards the end where I was like, I don't know any of these songs. And it was still enrapturing, which I think says quite a lot about how brilliant a band they are. Um, I would seriously recommend you go and see low Mm. as soon as possible because Mm. i thought they were incredible absolutely incredible
0: i would like to see them yeah i would like to see them it really
1: it really is a very different experience to to the album and and that's exactly why i loved it you know i mean obviously some people do just want an album recreated uh, almost perfectly, but I I've never really understood that school of thought. Like stay at home, and you know if if, if that's what you want. Um, yeah, I I thought it was absolutely amazing. I, I I I I kind of wish I'd been to see them a couple of times on the tour, but um, yeah, I, I mean if, if 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 I'd known that it was going to be that powerful a gig and that good, then I may well have done. But mm. absolutely astonishing and. I've been listening to nothing but low well that's not quite true I've been listening to a lot of low since that show um, and trying to explore more of their albums and I just I think they're a wonderful band
0: yeah nice okay Um, the next night after that just before I went off and DJ'd I went to XOYO in king's cross it's king old street sorry um and in london and i saw almond hammer uh-huh now we haven't spoken about arm hammer before we were going to review their album haram uh last year but i think something else came along and we sort of made a decision not to do that because we just didn't um anyway we didn't review it kind of wish we had actually because that was an album that i went back to a few times in the aftermath that and i was like "Ah, that's just really really good so it's produced by the alchemist so it's basically arm and hammer are a lucid uh and billy woods billy woods is a a rapper that we have spoken about on other things i think he's done he's done a few guest appearances i'm because he and the alchemist we spoke about the alchemist i think the alchemist produced a bit of or most of the Earl Sweatshirt record okay, that we yeah, did yeah. early in the year. And I think we spoken about The Alchemist a little bit and obviously he's done loads of stuff over the years. He's been around for a really, really long time. I think going all the way back to like, I mean, I remember getting that uh, Dilated People's album back in the sort of early 2000s. I think he did. And it's like, he's a really, really good producer. And that album is really, really good. And I went back to it quite a lot throughout the year. It didn't quite make my sort of top twenty of the year but it was but it was very good and the thing with with hip-hop and I think this is something which you've pro- we've spoken about a whole bunch of times before and you've certainly said is a <clears throat> is a bit of a struggle for you Remfrey, is the lack of show or the lack of kind of liveness about a lot of it I mean certainly I think there's I think you can be a a a hip-hop duo and one of you is doing you know all of the music and the other one is doing the vocals and you can still be an engaging live act. Mm-hmm. Uh, XOYO didn't have the best sound, not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Like, to the point where both the guys would often stop a song and go, can we sort the monitors out? We're going to go from the top. Oof. We're going to do this again. That's
1: a shame. Okay. That's not great. No.
0: So, you know, and it was essentially just a stage with, uh, you know, decks on and two microphones Mm -hmm. it's not it's not a massive it's not a massive um, show that they have there at all and this whole thing that we you said before like we when we when i I did dave i mentioned little sims and i was like you know live hip-hop with live when those soul samples are played live by bands like what the roots do or whatever you know that is obviously more engaging that is obviously the the thing that you 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 want it to be all played live But it doesn't happen that often. It's not always that. Do you know what I mean? It's not always that um, realistic to think that these artists, particularly these guys who are a two piece, they're not going to bring a full fucking live band out with them, and they couldn't. They couldn't do that. I don't think with with the type of music they have. Um, But you know, like Billy Woods is 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 brilliant. Like he is fucking brilliant, he's got so much presence and I think you get someone, I'm going to go back to what I was talking about last week when we were talking about Pusha T and say you know when you get somebody on the mic who has amazing flow, amazing kind of lyrical dexterity and also just a presence you know that can often be enough to make you go this hip-hop album, this rap album is is great. Do you know what I mean? Um, unfortunately, Elucid, who, like, i got no beef with the dude, right? He's um, He does the production on the Arm & Hammer releases, and he's good. He's not quite as good as The Alchemist, who I think is, like, pr- a properly great producer. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could really tell the difference between those songs from um, Haram and from the stuff that he wasn't involved in, because it just sounded bigger and, and better but there was a little bit of a lucid playing some of his solo stuff and billy woods would just kind of go off and then you you're literally like one bloke stood behind a desk coming out from behind a desk with his mic doing stuff which is you know like he's perfectly acceptable as a rapper mm. but it really hit home to me how how fucking how difficult it is to pull hip hip-hop, lo- hip-hop off live yeah do you know it's really really difficult and this was not like i mean i think i said what well, you know i've never seen scarlords when he played with boom the horizon and it was just like a dj or a guy behind his little box and scarlord
1: yeah it's it's been a big barrier for me to be yeah totally
0: but the thing is scarlords was just like hey here's the cd and even with my vocals over it and i'll just be like come on come on whilst the song is playing like the track is playing yeah. Everything was done like vocally. Everything was done live by Armin But Billy Woods and Elucid did everything vocally. And when Billy Woods came on and did it, I was like, "This is really good." When they were playing stuff from that album, and you had the Alchemist production, and the venue got the sound right, and the two of them were up the sort of up the front, and they were really kind of locked in together. Mm. It was it was good. It was really really good. Unfortunately, it didn't happen enough. Yeah. And I think it it like maybe like you you are balancing you are teetering on a knife edge with with hip-hop in this scenario like in the live scenario it's weird because you would think it would be easier to be a rock band you know um uh you know so you think it would be easier to to just be like hey we're gonna get the music right and then they just you do the vocals and that's it you'd think that would be kind of easier to get that right but i feel like watching that i was like if someone's like Adam Jones is good. We're about to talk about Tool. Adam Jones's guitar cut out for thirty seconds yesterday, and you barely notice because Tool are so good and so tight and so locked in, and everything was kind of fine.
1: Mm.
0: One little thing goes wrong at those gigs, and the whole thing falls apart. Mm-hmm. The whole fucking thing is just so reliant on. I mean, on, I think on tapes either...
1: and tracks. <laughs> that's the problem. I mean, that's one of many reasons why bands shouldn't use tape and track. I would say. But yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, yeah, <laughs> like. To be honest, yeah, it is. But, um but it's also, I think, about the, you know, how how much charisma do you have sure. to be able to kind of hold on to people? Yeah, within. I'm not saying within that. I'm
1: not saying that's the only thing. But
0: yeah, yeah, and it's not like they fucked up and you know, like played the wrong thing or you know, that everything cut out or anything. It was just the venue didn't have great sound, mm-hmm. which didn't really help, mm-hmm. and the, you know to the point where you could see that they were getting a little bit frustrated uh, and I think one of them didn't really have like I, it feels like I'm talking shit but like I'm not meaning to talk shit on Elucid who is cool you know he's part of that album in just the same way as Billy Woods is but you know when 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 you see one guy who is just like shit man that guy's fucking great and super captivating and the other guy is just a competent yeah. MC you know
1: mm-hmm that's an issue on on
0: an empty stage yeah with like no backdrop no light show in a small club so you know it was interesting it was interesting to see that particularly have you know when i'm about to talk about tall Mm. which couldn't be more different Mm. but you know the kind of the the raw stripped down i guess we call it like punk rock nature of doing this thing like hey we're gonna just what i did like about it is they picked a good bunch of songs the two guys interacted with each other when they were both on stage Billy Woods kept going off and letting him do his elusive do his solo stuff and I was like dude get the fuck back out back out here you're the fucking money like they must know that he's the main one right you would think you would think they would go like well he's the fucking guy surely but don't know. I don't know they don't didn't so much didn't really feel like they did but you know it was interesting it was interesting um if uh, a little bit like uh, kind of hampered by other things
1: okay interesting
0: mm. anyway but they're a good band let's talk about Tool though isn't it really I went to see Tool in Birmingham yesterday <sighs> um, I is it a mad thing to say Renfrey, that Tool are let's use your word objectively again <laughs> objectively the best band in terms of four people doing the thing that they do and then being a cohesive unit without one kind of showing up the other and them all being at the top of their game. Has any band ever been as good at all?
1: Ooh. Led Zeppelin?
0: I mean, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Is Robert Robert Plant as good a vocalist as Maynard, do you think?
1: A very, very, very different. Um, Very different one.
0: Uh, I mean I was going to say like is he as dexterous as Maynard James Keenan and I guess he's sort of over the years proved that he he, he can do a bunch of different stuff and he's doing something very different these days mm. so it feels, uh, that's why I sort of stopped short of saying that it, but feels yeah, like, no, it
1: feels like Maynard James Keenan is more unique and has more of a kind of mm. I'm not gonna say more of a personality but you know more of a um, enigmatic, enigmatic quality Enigmatic quality yeah 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 Um man i don't know i mean i i I don't think they're better but rage against the machine would be another contender uh red hot chili peppers only joking um no i don't know yeah i that that, i mean yeah i I looked at like when adam jones
0: did a solo and Mm. i was like oh fuck me you're like a proper fucking shredder aren't you
1: yeah you can be you don't be
0: if he wants to be, but you don't notice it that much. You don't think of him like that because his guitar riffs are so surprisingly like the space in between him and the way, the effortless way in which he plays and the way. I, I was just like, I mean, you're amazing. Thank Justin you. Chance's bass is that's quite right. Justin Chance's <laughs> bass tone, what he brings, the way you know, what he brings to that rhythm section, is so catchy and so weighty and yet and then you get Danny Carey has anyone ever been better at anything than Danny Carey is at the drums <laughs> he makes like he is so good at drumming like if you he, if you compare it like he's slightly better at drumming than Maradona was at football <laughs> like he's fucking unbelievable I Absolutely, he's nearly 60 the guy's nearly 60 and yeah. I watched him doing that so I had seats that were side on. So I actually got to see them as, a, but you don't often get to see at all. I got to watch them as a band, because I was from the side of the stage. And there is a spectacular show happening on this tour. If you're going to any of the London dates, or if you go into you know wherever they're playing, um, it's
1: awesome. The I didn't, show is. I didn't want to say too much last week, but it's awesome. Yeah. isn't it? yeah, yeah, we'll,
0: yeah. We'll talk probably we'll more about the actual show. Next week, when we talk about them again. again. But, um, you know, the show is absolutely fucking insanely spectacular. But I actually watched them as a band. And again, you know, Maynard, weird little dude. Like, weird, he's just a weird little guy. But his voice is so fucking powerful. So powerful, seems so effortless. Nobody seems to have this I mean it's weird to talk about at all like big egos and they're a big prog band and stuff they all seem to serve each other really well it doesn't really feel like anyone is like more of an ego atop of anyone else do you know what I mean it all feels very um, that pie seems to be sliced really fairly i think with tool
1: i certainly think sorry to interrupt there but you just sort of reminded me of something when you were talking about like are they objectively you know the the best individually at what they do um in, in a in a band i think that's a bit of a harder call but one thing i will say about tool which i think is extraordinary and you hardly ever get this in any bands whatsoever i genuinely think you could isolate any instrument in tool and be able to say that's adam jones that's danny carey that's justin chancellor that's maynard james keenan usually vocals are the easiest one to do it with because obviously we have quite different voices um bass i mean uh, this is no shade on bassists out there but a lot of bassists just do the same fucking thing so much of um the riffs and i mean justin chancellor plays like a guitar player like very much so but he has such a recognizable style and adam jones's guitar everything from the riffs to the like you you just said he is capable of shredding but he hardly ever does because tall solos like sometimes they're like one note like just like bent in a really odd way but they just sound so like him um as does danny carey on drums like amazing tribal-esque rhythms that he's doing and then maynard is totally unique as well isn't he so i certainly think that's the case with tool and and, and
0: i was watching them and there were there were, mo- there were times where i just forgot that the sh- that i was at a show yes. you know it was like being somewhere else yeah. and you go like fuck me I, I looked at you look at your watch and then you look at it again and you go 45 minutes have gone past yeah. and I feel like I've just they've just started a song and that isn't I mean that's an incredible thing to be able to do. Yeah. I felt you totally completely transported. Just lose yourself in that and you know the whole no phone thing. I did see somebody getting kicked out for using their phone, but I mean, uh-huh. you know, you fucking do the time. You got, I mean you do the crime, you got to do the time, buddy. See you later.
1: Did Maynard let everyone film the last song? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that and
0: actually, not many people did when I, from where I was sort okay. of sitting, I looked out across the arena, and it wasn't. I mean, like compared to, you know, when I said I went to Dave, and suddenly every single phone, twenty thousand phones, just lifted yeah. up in the air the second yeah. he came out, and I was like, Ugh. not many people, even when they were allowed to, it didn't feel like like I didn't. I didn't take any photos yeah. of it. Um, I didn't. Couldn't really see the point of doing that particularly. Mm. But like, it was. It was great to watch them from sort of almost like my seats were basically to the side of the stage. I'm not saying I was side stage wanker, but I had seats mm-hmm. that were side on pretty much. So I'm looking forward to seeing the show from the front. Mm-hmm. But I got to watch Tool as as a band more than I did as a show. And even that, they don't move around much. No. They don't do loads. They have these incredibly long, evolve, like evolving, difficult songs in a sense but at the same time they feel really short they're really catchy mm-hmm. i was sort of i was sitting there and i was listening to i I'm, we, we we tried to stay away from as many sort of set list spoilers as possible and we will continue to do that but there was one moment in the last song which is not even one of my favorite tool songs no yeah it's but an i remember being like
1: interesting encore isn't it
0: it is an interesting encore mm i found myself going i can't like this chorus the first time it came in i was like oh it just the whole song floated back to me i've actually not listened to fear inoculum loads in the aftermath of it coming out i think when it first came out i did a lot i think we did the albums a year and stuff i listened to it a bit you know i have listened to it a few times since Mm -hmm. i mean when i knew this tour was coming up i listened to it a little bit i did a little piece for metal hammer and I, I listened to it then as well. But I've not listened to Fear Inoculum loads. And I think at this point down the line, we're coming up to sort of three years since it came out. I would have to say it's probably my favorite, uh, my least favourite tool album. Okay. I do think it's my least favourite tool album. Mm-hmm. And that's <laughs> still like a really, 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 really high bar. Mm. You know, still a really fucking high bar. And I think most of the stuff on it is still fucking great. But... It is my least favourite Tool album, I think. And hence why when you said last week, that's the best time that you've ever seen Tool, I mean, seeing them in, on the Lateralis tour, the bunch of times that I saw them, I still yeah. think it's it's hard to, for me to ever believe that I'm going to top, you know, the three times I saw them at Brixton Academy when it was just stuff from Lateralis. Yeah, I, I didn't the, see them on the Lateralis tour, tour. So yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> just the five times for me, not many. <laughs> oh uh, um yeah so yeah I, look i mean i don't know man i just but saying that it was just so fucking exceptional and i think like i said when they played download they are so unique in when you go and watch them that i never got to see pink floyd and I can't think of anything they else really. They
1: tiny venues, didn't they, Pink Floyd? It was really difficult to... Yeah, and it's quite
0: difficult to get tickets. It wasn't really until Muse came along <laughs> uh, that people started to realise how good they were. <laughs> but yeah, like, I, so I never saw Pink Floyd, but they're the only thing that I can really imagine would be comparable kind of in the history of rock music, really. I mean, I'm sure people will say, well, what about Rush? And I mean, Rush used to play their songs, you know. It was cool and whatnot. Yeah, and they didn't really the have much thing. of a
1: show element, did they? Um, <clears throat> yeah, maybe, maybe.
0: Certainly not in that kind of psychedelic, transcendent way that, that Tool and Pink Floyd did. I don't know, man. Like, it was fucking incredible. Mm. The actual show was incredible. And we'll probably talk about that more next, last, next week, last week. See, they've made my concept of time is just <laughs> fucked because of Tool. Um, but, and it was really, really, really brilliant. Best Tool show ever? Not for me, to be perfectly mm-hmm. honest, but that might be because a lot of Fear Inoculum stuff. That's what I would say. If you're going to the show, Like, be prepared for quite a bit of Fear Inoculum stuff. Yeah, yeah, you get it. Uh, but, you know, I'm glad to see it. Yeah. You know, it's the first time I've ever seen it. There was a few things that I hadn't seen mm-hmm. that they played. So, anyway...
1: Uh, just uh, There's only one song that I want to discuss Because I looked at the set list And we had exactly the same set list Bar one song okay. um, What was that? You got right into. two um, I did uh, But I got the patient So I won the game there I think uh, Although. Uh, yeah you, although, you
0: did Although to be fair I'm I've right never seen him play good. right into.
1: two uh, Nice okay I think I so, have and
0: I have actually, seen, can't remember was i seen him play the patient A bunch of times before mm-hmm. So I was kind of alright with that okay. I think
1: Yeah fair
0: On that, that Alice. Many times I saw them on lateralis
1: Yes, yes, yes. <laughs>
0: Still feel like you won, free
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to feel like a bit more of a loser. I have to admit. That. It's <laughs> fine. It's fine. You're not a loser.
0: You got to see him. We got any time you get to see him. But I did sort of sit there and I, I thought to myself, I can't. I feel really lucky to be able to have seen all the amount of times I've seen them, and every time I see them, it's just like it's such a fucking treat. Mm. It's such a fucking treat. Mm. Yeah. in in every way it's so like i just i've i felt really it's so rare to just completely lose yourself in a show just completely be like like i got a shout out rich hobson who um obviously writes is our buddy who writes for, for metal hammer rich got managed to get me a ticket for it and was just on the day before was like do you think if you can get up to birmingham and i was like fuck it i'm coming up mm. i'm coming up and i was sat next to him and there was a few times where he'd sort of nudge me and be like, oh, that was really good, wasn't it? And I was a bit like... Duh, duh. <laughs> so, sorry, so, sorry Rich, if I felt a little bit like... all night, <laughs> but I was away with the fairies for a lot of it.
1: I certainly think in terms of that, yeah, being completely and utterly transported feeling, that is not... Especially when you go to as many shows as we tend to, it's something that becomes a real rarity, I think. And um, I felt completely and utterly transported when I saw them.
0: I mean, God love them, but you're not going to get that at Cancer Bats show, are you? No,
1: exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Not there's anything wrong with Cancer Bats. No. There's a lot right with Cancer Bats. But yeah, at all. So um, looking forward to next week where both of us can talk about the same gigs that we went to <laughs> in a little bit more detail. <laughs> yeah. um, before we move on and finish up the podcast, uh, we should say RIP to Gabe Serbian of the locust who died at age 44 mm. i deliberately didn't mention that the locusts were playing arc tangent this week because i don't know if they are now yeah it changes yeah it does doesn't things
1: it. um yes yeah, so they're they're on the bill but obviously with this news it that might not be happening which is obviously you know fair enough but yeah cool. yeah um
0: and you know he he played with a a great drama played with a bunch of people. They played with Cattle Decapitation for a little bit as well. Mm. And I mean, if you're not aware of the locusts uh, they are one of the most screamingly intense bands you will ever, ever listen to. Yeah. So fucking intense. They are. And yeah. I mean at a time when I was consuming, you know, Drowning Man and Dillinger and Daughters and all the kind of stuff that came out from that era that was just you know like converge, and, and I was like, Oh, more, more, more mm. of this. I remember hearing the Blood Brothers, I remember hearing the Locust, and just being like, That actually might be too much. <laughs> that actually might be a little bit too yeah. much for me, yeah. I know, what you mean. um, because they're so intense, and you know, they the, 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 the drummers drive those bands, that's the engine room of, of those kind of bands, so know he yeah. he really brought something to music that i mean again you know they're a band that are so unbelievably uncompromising mm. and the if you listen to those drum parts that he played they're just frightening mm. absolutely frightening
1: yeah totally agreed um really sad incredibly unexpected news obviously um I don't s I'm kinda of getting really fed up of all these fucking deaths recently. It seems to have been quite mad, but um Oh yeah. Uh really, really sad. Really, really yeah,
0: really sad. Sad news, really sad news. Um so RIP to, to, to Gabe and we I I mean I was gonna I don't know if we need to mention this, but Aussie got COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Aussie got COVID. And Sharon Osborne has caught it off him. Sharon Osborne's on a, an IV drip at the moment.
1: Oh, there's always some silver lining. Yeah.
0: Deary me. Um,
1: <laughs> I I mean,
0: surely... Surely Ozzy isn't going to go back out on tour, right? I mean, apparently he's he's got it quite bad. And he's of an age where getting COVID is... No fucking joke. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. At seventy three or however old that he is at the moment. Yeah. Um, you know, like that's that's not an easy thing for to get over, and um, you know, he's obviously had his, his health issues recently as well. You know, Parkinson's and it just <laughs> a general, you know, a life lived. <laughs> I guess you'd say with Aussie as well, isn't it? But I don't know man like i i, I th- this feels like gen real retirement for aussie you know i really feel like he should just retire now
1: i i if i recall we we said this we have said this like yeah. a year and a half two years ago i mean yeah and my feelings haven't really changed i mean it's odd
0: <laughs> they've not changed now he's got COVID you haven't changed his mind <laughs> you no, haven't changed no, his no. mind you go I you get out there now now you've got COVID mate you should get out there and tour more
1: well no I mean I was about to say I think um, you know well, I think he probably should have retired 10 years before probably even maybe even 20 years before I don't know that's pretty a little harsh but like I mean he
0: did retire well in, exactly he, in yeah. the 90s didn't it was it? 1997
1: when the initial like last ever Black Sabbath shows were not were, they? Were, were, oh there was no more tours no, that was a well, reformation
0: oh yeah he retired in like 1994 or something yeah, I think. Yeah,
1: you know? just, i mean yeah i don't know i don't know i mean I, like i i i wish him the best i'm sure he can get over it i mean it's funny because like um my old landlord was uh 72 and he passed away from covid um so yeah it is it can be you know very 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 serious at that age um, and we'll just have to wait and see, I suppose. And obviously, you know, don't want to jinx anything or anything like that, but we wish him a sweet oh, recovery. Absolutely. But, of like, course, will, I will he tour again? He's still meant to be doing those tour dates with Judas Priest supporting, is he not? Like, that. I believe so. That was announced fucking literally years that ago. That was, any- uh,
0: yeah, I mean, that was announced in 2000. and.
1: Nineteen. I, I I feel yeah. I was about to say I feel like it was um announced when we started this podcast. But but if I think it was like early two thousand nineteen, which would have been early two thousand nineteen. Like about six
0: months be, Yeah, I think it was meant to be early twenty twenty. Yeah. And then it got cancelled because Aussie got ill. Yeah. And then or couldn't do it, and it was moved, and it was moved right into the middle of the pandemic, and yeah. then it was like postponed a year to twenty twenty one. Well, obviously it's not going to be twenty twenty one. So I, yeah, who knows? Anyway, get well soon, Aussie. I mean, you know, it's no joke, man. It's no joke. It's um, it's sad, and I think he deserves a retirement. Really, like he deserves to have. Oh, definitely. Maybe, maybe he doesn't want to, but like, I think for his own well-being, I think he'd be better off.
1: I mean, one. I don't like, know. Like, I don't know if this says anything or not, but um, it does look like those tickets are still available. Um, at the moment, the uh they're due to be playing oh 12th of june 2023 um at in london at the o2 and there's a couple of other dates as well but who knows we'll see won't we
0: i guess we'll see here's something which is happening definitely tattoo the planet renfrey tattoo the planet is coming back only a couple of weeks after we featured tattoo the planet the festival on a little retrospective thing the festival has returned for 2022. It's going to take place at the Palladium in Worcester, Massachusetts on the 27th of August this year as a one-off event. Um, Not quite the show that it used to be. It's going to be headlined by Anthrax, not Slayer and Slipknot. Oh, (laughs) okay. So it's Anthrax with Black Label Society, Hatebreed, At the Gates, Municipal Waste, and Enforced are the only acts that have been announced thus far. So it's not coming back quite as
1: massive as it was that previously feels like a huge step down <laughs> to be honest but yes yeah, yeah but you know
0: it is back yeah but what's funny about this what's funny about this renfrey is that who had mentioned tattoo the planet for for years no one no one mentioned it and then we mentioned it and it came back and i would go ha what a funny coincidence mm. but is it a coincidence because the Crazy Frog announced that he was going to be back very soon after we did a broken records on him. We did a broken records on Mr. Blobby. A week later, he's hanging out at the BBC. And he's all over Twitter. And he's, you go, oh, Mr. Blobby's back. And weirdest of all, you could go, oh, God, well, that's just three weird little things that you guys seem to have mentioned. But weirdest of all, after over 20 years of doing no music whatsoever... Richard Blackwood released a remix EP of the record we did of his on Broken Records two days before he came out of the hat in Broken Records.
1: Are you suggesting we're influencers?
0: Now, look, well, what I'm saying, I'm not going to lie, folks, there's obviously some kind of weird magic happening here.
1: <laughs> obviously. 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 That's what's going on.
0: Obviously. We are some kind of magic podcast thing. You like... <laughs> rub us and your dreams come true oh we need careful. only mention a thing and it comes back so um i put a tweet out the other day because i wanted to give you our listeners the chance to let us know what you would like to bring back we thought we'd throw you a bone and um <laughs> you know we thought we'd let you bask in our magic immortal immortal <laughs> glory,
1: glory.
0: <laughs> So um, I did a put a tweet out, and I was like, look, if we can get Richard Blackwood and Mr. Blobby and Crazy Frog and the Tattoo of the Planet back, piece of piss, what do you want? Anything you like. And um, this is what various people said. Uh, Kelsey Grammar on Twitter started us off. I thought it was going to be mostly music stuff, but he wanted Solero Shots. Do you remember Solero
1: Shots? Oh, they do ring a bell, yeah. Um... Uh remind me what they were just little frozen they're about the size of
0: like aniseed balls, mm. but they're like little sort of ice lolly mini ball things in a they're in a kind of they're in a sort of um rounded triangular funnel sort of like almost like an ice cream cone shaped thing okay and you could get different flavors and it was just like a load of little like things and you put them in your mouth and it tastes like salero
1: okay doesn't sound as good as a solero though
0: well i mean I, i'm wondering if that's why they never yeah. sort of lasted the distance to solero. be honest because for me just have a solero on it i mean look kelsey yeah. we can we can try and it. Sort of, i mean obviously they'll be back within a week now now we've said it yes 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 they'll be coming back. so that's fine uh, captain hook on twitter actually replied to that and he said he was gonna suggest um maxibons but then when actually that's a really good suggestion by you now i'll tell you what i fucking love maxibons i love them definitely Maxibon. bring maxibons back we'll get maxibons back so maxibons are like half feast and half a sort of a cookie ice, ice cream. cookie ice cream yeah. sandwich thing right th- delicious
1: i'm relatively sure you can get maxibons on the continent still but i just think it's a right. uk thing i'm not sure but yeah
0: I'm going to double-check that while you're here. Well, there we go. Maxibon ice cream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you can, actually. I mean, to be honest. See, it's already worked. <laughs> uh, oh, no, it hasn't. Sorry, this product is currently unavailable. Oh, it's unavailable. So, look. But it's there. It's on the Tesco website. It's on the there Tesco we website, but it's currently unavailable. Other supermarkets so, are available. Uh, well, other supermarkets don't appear to be available, actually, Ooh. because... Yes, um, I'm also on UKFrozenFood.com. Um, one of my favourite websites. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: a regular.
0: They don't appear to have them either. No. I'm going to have a look on Iceland. <laughs> out of stock. So, basically, <laughs> guys. Most
1: exciting we've ever been as a podcast, yeah.
0: Keep your eyes peeled on those. So, basically, they're there, but they're out of stock on all of them at the moment. Mm. Give it a week. They'll be back, won't they? Yeah. They'll be back in stock. Guaranteed.
1: I'd love to have a Maxibon again. I'm a big fan of the Maxibon. Although, if I'm totally honest, I would just rather it was uh, the whole cookie ice cream bit. The feast bit, you know, is nice, but... Yeah, yeah, it's nice, but, well,
0: you can still buy yourself buy a little Oreo cookie thing if you want that, Renfrey. I, I think the that. kind of the mixing up is the perfect thing. Anyway, probably um, more uh, music-based. David Escrop said, a Psychor reunion feels long overdue. Psychor, one of the few bands who haven't reunited from... The 90s. I mean, Symposium reunited a couple of weeks ago. Did you know you see that? I
1: didn't. No. Oh, that's wicked. Yeah. Oh,
0: that's is it? <laughs> is there any kind of point to that at all?
1: Well, well I'm, I'm, I'm not. Do you know sad. where they're playing? No, I don't. Do you know
0: where it Islington Assembly Hall?
1: Crikey.
0: I know, right? How fucking weird is that? Okay. Symposium. Hmm. But anyway a cycle reunion uh i don't think psycho need to come back i'm gonna be perfectly honest with you no. i'm not sure Psychor needs to come back i mean they didn't need i'm not sure they needed to be around in the first place <laughs> to be honest like they i would put them alongside a band like out the french new metal band um oh, in terms of that. like you know leave that out out were on roadrunner right and they were like they were a new metal band against 98 99 Right. They were really bad. They were like one of the worst new metal bands ever. Really bad. Excellent. They had a song called Lie No Limits. They just went, lie, I'm going to tell a lie, I'm going to tell a lie, but I see there's no limits. And it was like, go gah, go gah, riff over. top. Sort of awful. Oh, cool. Really bad. Okay. Really, really bad. Yeah, I don't feel like we need Cycle. For those of you who don't remember Cycle, Cycle were a Swedish sort of weird indie, industrial they they weren't really new metal they were new metal but they weren't new metal where they looked weird they had the kind of bug-eyed singer with the silly beard but it wasn't really new metal Mm. it was new metal in a time before new metal was really a time so no one really knew what to call it so like you say like before new metal had you know baggy jeans and wallet chains and it was all about what, what new metal became a lot of bands who were kind of grouped in with the corn and deftones thing even though they really didn't have anything to do with it at all i feel like cycle were one of those bands yeah
1: i'd say so like i think of cycle and i think of like uh dog fashion disco and stuff like that those kind of crazy yeah the crazy I feel like they stuff. should be
0: mi- middle of a bill with my ruin and bully rag <laughs> i think that
1: was at all i mean actually, that yeah. probably would work yeah yeah
0: Yeah, Uh, Brad has said, and this feels like an obvious, the obvious answer to me. If you could reform Let Live, that would be good. That's the band to reform, right? Because obviously, Fever Three Three Three, rubbish, wank, load of old wank. No one needs that. I
1: mean, you know, I don't think that, but 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 certainly, you know, could I rather have Fever Three 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 or Let Live? Let Live by by a million billion trillion miles. Yeah.
0: Do you think that'll happen? Because I did actually see Jason was teasing something. Hopefully this is the thing to push it over the line. Jason was kind of teasing something about Let Live. Or was he? A few weeks ago.
1: Um, It's difficult to say, isn't it? I mean, Fever Three have had so much success um, th- so quickly. Mm. I mean, what was the largest venue I ever saw Let Live at? Probably the Dome, which is what, like 600 cap? and well, they, they played the electric ballroom oh yes no of course the, no sorry it was the electric ballroom wasn't it um i can't remember if it was sold out or not um but that's like 1200 i mean you know i saw um fever 333 at the forum and like i discussed at the time despite not them saying off. it was sold out uh it wasn't at all um but you know that's probably i don't know i, I certainly fever 333 have at the very least got to the same size as let live but did it in like a year whereas let live it took like 10 years um i don't know i would love to see let live come back and i i,
0: I would yeah. yeah yeah it'd be really good think um there's a amazing. few people wanted that andy, andy dickens also wanted that and wanted the cadbury's fuse bar back as well i love the fuse bar i'm a big fan maverick of the bar, bar back maverick bar if i could have any of them back but love a fuse bar do you know
1: what i want back i want the secret back do you know Secret?
0: like a white chocolate
1: thing, isn't it? No, 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 no. It was more of a like uh, flaky kind of thing, but had like a biscuity centre. Oh, it was very good. Like a secret. I don't remember that. It's very good. I
0: remember you could get a white flake, a dipped white flake. Do you remember that? A snowflake.
1: Oh yeah, so you, I don't you, know. You wouldn't
0: be able to sell them now because people would be like, oh, you got a snowflake. Yeah. <laughs> Think they're really funny, but I fucking love a snowflake. Oh.
1: I I a white chocolate is very 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 sickly. I find.
0: Oh, is it Remfrey? Oh, thank you, fucking Gordon Ramsay.
1: Everyone knows that. <laughs> well, okay, white chocolate is too sickly for my palate. Is what I really is it say. really? Yeah, I
0: uh, well, I mean, you need to. You need. Uh, you grow up right. and get a Milky Bar. Sure. Uh, <laughs>
1: actually, I do quite like. Milky do you not like a Milky
0: or... Bar? Come on, bullshit. No, no,
1: no, no, I do quite like Milky Bars. So I do quite. I'm saying actually, I do quite like Milky Bars. So yeah, maybe I need to reappraise mm. my white chocolate feelings. Yeah, my chocolate fair. feelings. Um, That's the name of my new ju- album.
0: <laughs> Juggalo Springfield. So Juggalo Springfield is a very good name. Actually, someone, from my, my mate, Sean, who I uh, met up with before, uh, at Tool yesterday, said something which really made me laugh, which said, "Tool looked like... Um, uh, Danny Carey looks like a bro in his, his sort of basketball vest. Oh, right, yeah. Um, Justin Chancellor looks like he's come off the set of There Will Be Blood. <laughs> like some kind of old... Because he's got like braces on and stuff. He's like, Maynard looks like a Juggalo and Adam Jones just looks like a normal bloke. And I was like, yeah, what a, what a weird combination of people. Anyway, um, Juggalo Springfield said, Rent-A-Ghost, please. But people used to go about Rent-A-Ghost. I've never watched Rent-A-Ghost.
1: I haven't. Well, I've only seen clips. Yeah, I've never seen like a full episode. But people loved that Rent-A-Ghost, didn't they? They really loved it. It's
0: a lot of TV shows that you think should come back and then when they do not good
1: i think there's quite a few things i would choose over rent a ghost i have to say i mean nightmare would be amazing i think they did try to bring that back but it only ended up happening like for one episode or something like that fun Funhouse.
0: Uh... for Funhouse!
1: <laughs> the twins uh fully booked uh
0: <laughs> fully booked <laughs> uh get your own back
1: get dave your benson own phillips. oh i would love where, where where is dave benson phillips's career resurgence why hasn't that happened
0: He's... well let's make it happen dave, dave benson, benson phillips, phillips. Mm. stephen hill and renfrey deadman of the riot act stroke broken records podcast we summon you for your comeback as we have summoned so many others make yourself known to us dave benson phillips Make yourself known. There you go. That should
1: do it. That's the incantation that uh, Steve <laughs> yes. does after every show, but uh, we've recorded <laughs> it this time for posterity.
0: Yeah. Uh, one last musical one. Prank Monkey Record said, any chance you can get Carter USM to reform while you're at, it, lads? We've spoken about Carter before. We have. Yeah. Uh, maybe we maybe our powers weren't quite as strong No, they weren't back at that then, point. No. In that early point. We spoke about mm. um, 30-something on, uh, on trade-off. Yeah. and actually carter have been in the news recently because it was the 30th anniversary of the love album their biggest album their number one album that got that turned them into a glastonbury headlining band 30th anniversary of that album this week as we record so people have been talking about carter and it's not the first time i mentioned i mentioned carter a couple of weeks ago as well didn't i you
1: did with philip Schofield. oh that's right yes yes yes
0: so we've been we're doing our best we're chucking lots of carter related content out there but they, Hopefully they'll
1: reform. They just don't seem to be biting at the moment, do they? Um, Bloody do you think Do you think Carter USM would work in 2022? It's very 90s, isn't it? Well,
0: I was listening to 100 Gex earlier. Oh, yeah. I actually was. And I was like, they remind me of Carter. There's two of them. They're weird. Fair enough. They're all over the place. Mm. So, no, is the answer. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look. You actually like you don't forget Renfrey. You liked Thirty Something. You thought it was good. Oh, I Not did. Just me, I did. No, no, no. I, I, yes, you I, are very nineties. I,
1: I did. I did think it was great in a very nineties way. Um, yeah. You know. Um, I, I did like it. Yeah, I thought it was cool. But uh you know, they're no terror vision, are they? No,
0: I mean look. No, who is? Who, be, who's television? Who's television? Only television. No, mm. only television. And even then, only for a little while. <laughs> yeah. Really, wasn't
1: yeah,
0: it? Uh, Rob Johnson. Last one says he wants Tab Clear back. Fair. Look cool, didn't it? Tab Clear. Do
1: you like Tab Clear? Tab Clear. Oh, oh, the drink. Tab Clear. Yeah, not the band. Tab <laughs> Clear. I, I, uh, no. It tasted weird. It sort of tasted like. Uh, rusted metal. I thought I wasn't really ever yeah, a fan of tab. I, it, it's a shitty coke,
0: but it was clear. Was it a coke? So you looked at it, it. looked yeah, it was coke. It was supposed to be a sort of Coca
1: Cola flavor. You've got thing. to be shitting me, really? I thought absolutely not shitting you. I thought it just tasted of. I thought it was rust flavor. That's. I mean, that's not really a.
0: That's not really a flavor. You never rust licked flavor. rust. <laughs> That's none of your business. <laughs> what I up to in my private life is absolutely no, none right. of your business. That was a little bit private, uh, sorry. Little euphemism for something. Um no, I have never licked rust and I don't think they would make that a flavour. It's meant to be Coca-Cola flavour. It's meant to be a sort of diet coke, but it was clear, surely.
1: I'm I'm surely. I'm completely blown away by that. I have, have absolutely... Have you Goog- have you Googled this? No. No, no, no. I'm going I'm going to now.
0: Well, let me do it and you carry on to yeah, well, it's Coca Cola's contribution to the short-lived clear cola movement of the early 1990s. Fact, I me, mean, you've made that sound like a, a, a thing, and the old clear cola movement of the 1990s.
1: Wow, well, that wasn't a, was that a thing? Well, I can see here. I mean, maybe this wasn't. Maybe this was an American thing only. But there's Crystal Pepsi, which is just appears to be just Pepsi, but white. I mean, it's not even white; it's clear. So how strange oh yeah and coca-cola clear seems like it was a bit of a sensation well, coca-cola clear surely tab clear is coca-cola clear i don't understand that is
0: confusing isn't it because
1: because it's made by coca-cola
0: so anyway i look but a lot of my mates used to buy tab clear and they drink it out of the can Right. thus you'd go well there's no point to this is there surely
1: yeah that does seem like a bit of a waste
0: because the point of it is is you look at it and you go ha ha! look it's clear and then you go. Oh, it tastes like Coke. What fun! If you're drinking had out of the, the 90s. can, you, yeah, but you don't know <laughs> we may do with what we. It was a better time. Uh, we may do with just clear drinks yes. that tasted slightly different to what they looked like. Absolutely. But you wouldn't. You you would drink out of the can, and you wouldn't get to see what it looked like. So you you just be drinking mm-hmm. shit Coke.
1: Yeah, that does. That seems like a pointless. very pointless waste of time.
0: Yeah, quite like Virgin Cola. My mate used to do that, mate. Oh man, Tom Irby.
1: I can't remember the taste of Virgin Cola, but it was all right. Yeah, yeah, okay. Tom Irby,
0: Virgin Cola, Sainsbury's ready salted crisps, and a cheese and pickle sandwich for his lunch every day, every day for five years, every single day.
1: Great. I love it when you. Br- <laughs> I love it when you bring up people from your school that no one knows, but you always say their first name and their surname. <laughs>
0: Tom Irby now, to be fair to him, has yeah. gone on to he's worked on he's a, he's a colourist in uh, Hollywood and he was worked on massive films. He, oh wow! Like, I think he got his started. did Corpse Bride was one of the first big films he did, but basically he's done late on all the Harry Potter films and he works on sort of making the colors look nice. Like, yeah, and he earns a lot of money. So you know, there's me slagging off his quite meagre lunch. Do you think we could get we him can... on the show? <laughs> we could do to <laughs> talk about what?
1: Um, tab clear. Uh, no wait a minute (laughs) Virgin Cola Virgin Cola yeah yeah Virgin Cola Yeah, we'll do that next week Uh,
0: that's why we didn't do the arcade we won't be doing the arcade fire review next week guys (laughs) we're going to do a whole show about Virgin Cola Um, but there you go expect all of those things to be back in society within the next week or so you're welcome yeah apart from the tab clear bit which you don't really
1: don't thank us or anything No. although if you do want otherwise to thank, us, thank us. yous we'll
0: come back anyway <laughs> thanks very much i want to say thank you to Arctangent, tangent our good friends over there for sponsoring the podcast go to arctangent.co.uk forward slash tickets put in riot act ATG in the checkout and you get money off that festival which is very very good and at patreon.com forward slash Act podcast you can sign up for all of our exclusive content including that manchester orchestra and prodigy classic album specials that should be with you probably by the time you're listening to next week's podcast, where we will be talking about the new Arcade Fire album. A hundred percent, that is what we're going to be doing. I'm quite looking forward to hearing that. Mm, yeah, same. Because I like Arcade Fire.
1: Yeah,
0: same. So, there you go. All right. Uh, got anything good else you want to say, Renfrey? You want to plug anything? Uh, no. No. Obviously not. No. Obviously not. All right, good. Thanks very much for listening, guys. We will see you next week. Bye.